Blog Talk Radio. listening to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. I am Dr. Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. Today is Thursday, June 1st of 2023. And today we're focused on the Earth Reaped Prophecy. I invite you to listen live at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, every Thursday. To this program, PGN Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish in June of 2023, Analysis and Discussion of the Earth Reap Prophecy with me. Your Book of Revelation research scientists are happening live on PGN on Sundays at 12 noon Texas time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time and on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Texas time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern time. Share your perspective, pose a question, or present your prayer request. You can do that by texting us at the PGN text number 1214-505-8719. That's 1214-505-8719. And our PGN phone number for use during the live Internet broadcast is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. Let's get to it. The earth reaped prophecy in the book of Revelation. It is in chapter 14 of the book of Revelation. It begins with verse 6 and it ends with verse 20. Now we are talking about primarily in this earth reaped prophecy the instruction for believers during the Great Tribulation and the reality of what will happen to believers who are here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and what will happen to those who took the mark of the beast and who are here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let's hear it now, beginning with verse 6 of chapter 14. We're talking about the earth-reaped prophecy. So, these words, titles used to identify the different visions John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven as reported in Revelation chapter 4, are straight from the prophecies themselves. So in this prophecy, it talks about the earth being reaped. Of course, there are many versions of the Bible. There's the Amplified Classic translation, the New Living translation, the King James translation. So when you look at these different translations, I have taken uh, words that are in the prophecies themselves as a way to allow us to identify where we are in the book of Revelation. If we're looking at chapter and verse, this earth-reaped prophecy begins with verse 6 of chapter 14. 
And it ends at the end of the chapter, so verses 6 to 20. Here it is. John the Revelator speaking to us says, And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night. For they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work. For their good deeds follow them. Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So, the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. That is the earth reaped prophecy in its entirety. Let's do a quick overview and then let's drill down, focusing on some specific scriptures and where in our future uh, those prophecies are and what are they about. So this prophecy begins with a report of John the Revelator that includes what three different angels tell him. So he sees three different angels. The first one is speaking to the people who belong to this world. In other words, when it says the people who belong to this world, 
Over and over again, we see that phrase in the book of Revelation, and that always refers to those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. We tend to group human beings into categories like this, male and female, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, um, American, Canadian, African, Australian. So we tend to group human beings into categories like that. But in the book of Revelation, over and over again, individuals are grouped into two categories, which are these. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life and those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Those two groups are also referred to as those who belong to the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and those who belong to this world. In the book of Matthew, we see people referred to in those two categories this way. Those who are the sheep, in other words, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and those who are the goats, those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, those who are among the good fish who will be kept, and those who are among the bad fish who will be thrown out. Those same two groups are referred to this way. Those who are among the wheat and those who are among the tares, or in other words, the weeds. And so here in verse 6, at the beginning of the earth reap prophecy, an angel says, Well, John the Revelator says, I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world. So that is talking about an angel who will proclaim to those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then let's go to uh, verse 8. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is falling, fallen, that great city is fallen because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. The purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation chapters 17, 18, and verses 1 to 5 of chapter 19 are about what happens to Mystery Babylon, which is a city. And what happens to the harlot church led by the false prophet during the Great Tribulation at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, which begins with the marriage of the Lamb and is followed by the marriage supper. So the battle of Armageddon is fought and won by Jesus Christ, but it's not the only thing that includes the wrath of God. So the wrath of God includes the judgment of God. It includes the seven final plagues discussed in the seven plagues prophecy in Revelation chapters 15 and 16. The seven final plagues culminate with the battle of Armageddon, but it's, they are not limited to the battle of Armageddon. Also a part of the wrath of God is the judgment 
of Babylon, the great city. And so it's mentioned here that an angel, in verse 8, then another angel followed him through the sky shouting, Babylon has fallen. What is that telling us? These things are happening in the same timing. So judgment for the people who belong to this world, judgment on the harlot church and specifically the great city that's the headquarters for the harlot church. Then let's go to verse 9. Then a third angel followed them shouting, anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. I want us to focus on these scriptures today. Coming in the near future, there will be the opportunity to take the mark of the beast. So in Revelation chapter 13, we have the 666 Antichrist prophecy. And we're told in that prophecy that the false prophet will commission a statue of the beast, the Antichrist, and that the false prophet will compel everyone to take the mark of the beast. And here we're told as a follow-up to chapter 13. So there's the opportunity during the 1,260 days Great Tribulation. That's 42 months. That's three and a half years. During this period, the Great Tribulation, the wrath of Satan, there's the opportunity for individuals who belong to this world There's the opportunity for the goats, for the tares, the weeds, the bad fish to take the mark of the beast, and they will take it. And they will worship the beast and his statue. But those who do not belong to this world, in other words, those who belong to the kingdom of God, those who are among the sheep, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, Those who are among the good fish, those who are among the wheat, will not take the mark of the beast during the three-and-a-half-year wrath of Satan, which is also referred to as the Great Tribulation. So here in the earth-reaped prophecy, some very important information is given. What is the fate of those who buy into the new economy. What's the new economy? It's the economy of the new world order. It's the economy used by the Ten Nation Alliance, described in Daniel chapter 7, described in Revelation chapter 13. Those who want to buy and sell in the economy of the new world order will need to take the mark of the beast. But... Any human being can choose to refuse the mark of the beast, can choose to not opt in for participation in the economy of the new world order. And in fact, those who do not belong to this world will not take the mark of the beast. But what about those who do? Let's hear the fate of those who do. 
Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 and 10 say, Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. Now let's go back for a moment to the 666 Antichrist prophecy. That's Revelation chapter 13. Let's hear about the mark of the beast and how it will be administered. So in Revelation chapter 13, in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, it says, in verse 5, Then the beast, talking about the Antichrist, Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Continuing in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, it says, Later in chapter 13, in verse 11, then I saw another beast, this is talking about the false prophet, then I saw another beast come up, come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. So the false prophet will speak with the voice of Satan, the dragon is Satan. He exercised all the authority of the first beast. Who are we talking about? The false prophet. And he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. There's that phrase again. He deceived all the people who belonged to this world. So in other words, who's deceived during this 42 months, during this three and a half years, during this 1,260 days, it says he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. So every truth seeker who is a believer is not a person who belongs to this world, but is a person who belongs to the kingdom of God. So truth seekers will not be deceived, but the false prophet, it says, he deceived all the people who belong to this world. So that's coming up in our future. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast. What does this mean? The false prophet, the leader of the harlot church, will order that a great statue of the Antichrist be made. So it says he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now let's go to where we are today in the earth reaped prophecy. What happens to these people? So the false prophet will commission that a statue of the Antichrist be built. And then once it's built, everyone who belongs to this world will worship the statue. And we're told in the earth reaped prophecy, 
in Revelation chapter 14, then a third angel followed them shouting, anyone who worships the beast and his statue. So that's where we learn about the statue in Revelation 13. So the statue is a graven image. It's a tangible work. And the statue is a depiction of the Antichrist. And it says here, the earth reads prophecy, anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. So when are these things going to happen? They're going to happen during this 42 months. It says, he was then permitted to give life to this statue, talking about the false prophet, so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast, that's the statue of the Antichrist, commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So in the Earth Reap prophecy, we are told the fate of those who opt in for participation in the economy of the new world order, of the economy of the Ten Nation Alliance that will dominate political and economic affairs during the time of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is not the wrath of God, it's the wrath of Satan. It's a Great Tribulation period for two groups, those who are in Israel and those who are in the church. In Revelation chapter 12, we're told that war is waged by the beast, the Antichrist, against Israel. And then, after a great flood orchestrated by Satan, designed to drown, literally drown, Israel as a nation, that physical location, after it fails, due to the ground supernaturally opening up to receive the water that would otherwise have devastated this country, Satan becomes so enraged that then he puts his will upon the Antichrist who says, you know what, not only do I want to destroy Israel, but I also want to destroy the church, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. So the war is enlarged beyond Israel to the church. So that's described in Revelation chapter 12. Now here, we're told what happens after the Great Tribulation. It says, anyone who worships the beast, that's the Antichrist, and his statue, that's the statue of the Antichrist that will command every human being to worship it, anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, that's the mark of the beast. It can go in one of two locations, either on a person's forehead or on a person's hand. The purpose of the mark of the beast 
ostensibly, right, people are told, people will be told that the purpose of it is to allow you to buy and sell so you can participate in the economy of the new world order. It's like if you want to go to Walmart or Target or your local grocery store or Macy's or you want to buy something on Amazon, you need a credit card or you need a bank account. You can't use cash to buy from Amazon today, as far as I know. During the time of the Great Tribulation, to buy and sell in the economy of the New World Order, a person will need the mark of the beast in the same way that today, to buy in many places, a person needs a credit card. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, one of my favorite restaurants, they sell salads. I don't want to sell, say the name of it, but they put up a sign one day saying that they no longer accept cash, that you could only use, you can only use a credit card to uh, buy. And immediately when I saw that, I thought about the mark of the beast, how there is coming a time in our future where that's going to come to pass. Now, keep in mind that it says here that Anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. Now, what's the wine of God's anger? The wine of God's anger is the wine press. The wine press is what happens to the grapes during the timing of the Battle of Armageddon. So the earth is harvested. The earth is reaped at the time of the second coming. In other words, there's a reality that happens for all human beings. The reality is either a person who is here on the earth at the time of the second coming participates in the marriage of the Lamb, in other words, rises up to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, having transitioned from mortality to immortality, or... If the person failed to make the resurrection, that means that the person is subject to the wine of God's anger. Now, remember, this prophecy starts with this. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world. And we heard in Revelation chapter 13, that the people who belong to this world are the people who are deceived by the false prophet, the people who take the mark of the beast. So what am I saying? Those who belong to the kingdom of God do not drink the wine of God's anger. The wrath of Satan is for Israel and God's people. The wrath of God is for Satan and Satan's people. Let's continue. Then a third angel followed them shouting, anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. That means that God's anger is for those who, number one, worship the Antichrist and his statue, or it says, 
those who accept the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hand. So some people might not believe that the Antichrist, who's going to stand in the rebuilt uh, temple in Jerusalem, he's going to stand in that temple and declare that he is God. Some people might not believe that he's God, but they might say, yeah, but I need to buy and sell. Let me take that mark of the beast anyway. But the Bible tells us that it doesn't matter if you're in either of those two groups. So if a person worships the Antichrist and his statue, or if a person takes the mark of the beast, in either case, some people will do both. But if a person does either of those things, that individual, quote, must drink the wine of God's anger. We're going to talk about what that means. Let's continue. It says, in Revelation chapter 14, we're still in verse 10, it has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. Now, this is talking about a long span of time. In a moment, we're going to look at what happens immediately after the Great Tribulation, during the wrath of God, in that timing of the Battle of Armageddon. But this scripture right here, verse 10, is talking about a long span of time. So in other words, what happens to people who take the mark of the beast for eternity? Very briefly, when a person experiences the first death, in other words, when someone dies due to the curse, in other words, mortality is a reality during this age. In the age of the curse, death exists. And with the exception of Elijah and Enoch, Everyone else will experience death unless he or she is here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So what about those people who take the mark of the beast? So certainly they will not participate in the first resurrection. Some who take the mark of the beast are going to die during the great tribulation due to natural causes, right? Maybe they have cancer, um, maybe they uh, die of old age, maybe they die from uh, a car accident, right? We all live at this time in a mortal body. Some who take the mark of the beast are going to die uh, that way during the Great Tribulation. Some will survive the Great Tribulation, but still they have the mark of the beast. Ultimately, every person who takes the mark of the beast will experience the first death because none of those individuals has his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So if you die today, if I die today or tomorrow or on Friday, as believers in Jesus Christ, he has promised that he's coming back with us. We're coming back to this same earth. People get hung up on heaven. Heaven's a great place. It's a place where we can rest from our labors, but it's just a layover. Randy Alcorn refers to it as a layover, as in, you know, you're on a flight, you're on your way to 
let's say you're on your way to Disney World, but you have a layover in New York City, okay? Now, heaven's certainly better than New York City. I've lived in New York City. I'm not against it, but, yeah, I'll just pause there. Okay, so heaven is a layover. Randy Chandler, Prophet Randy Chandler has referred to heaven as a storage tank. It's a great place, but every believer who dies in Christ is coming back to this present earth. But this time, in an immortal body. Now, what about these people who take the mark of the beast? Ultimately, all who take the mark of the beast will experience the first death. They will fail to transition from mortality to immortality. In other words, they will not get a forever body that allows them to live in a tangible body on this present earth and on the new earth to come. Now, whenever a person experiences a first death, the person goes to one of two locations. Both of these two locations are temporary storage tanks. Now, one's a great one, one's a bad one. One's above the earth, one is under the earth. So those who die in Christ go to present heaven. In other words, the heaven that exists right now. Those who die not in Christ go to Hades as described in Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 to 15. Now ultimately the people who go to Hades they will be resurrected as noted in Revelation 20 verse 5. Let's go there for a second. We're trying to understand this verse 10 that says those who take the mark of the beast will be tormented in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur forever and ever. And we want to understand how does that happen and when does it happen? So it happens when those individuals are resurrected again. So you heard me right. There's another resurrection for those who die who are not in Christ. You might say, research scientists, I've never heard that. Where is that in the Bible? Let's go to it. Revelation 20, Revelation 20, verse 5 says, in part, the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Let me read that again. So we're in the second half of verse 5 of Revelation chapter 20. So we're in the millennial reign prophecy. It says the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. So what does that mean? That means that those who have died in Christ come back to life before those who die not in Christ. So all human beings will experience the resurrection, either resurrection for eternal life on this present earth and the new earth to come, or Resurrection for eternal damnation in the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. So the Bible is very clear. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. So now let's go down to after the thousand years has ended. So we're in Revelation chapter 20. Verse 7 says, when the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Okay, now we're down verse 10, the thousand years has ended. 
It says, Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay. So, what about those who take the mark of the beast? How is it that they're going to be tormented forever and ever? At some point, because they failed to transition from mortality to immortality, in other words, they failed to participate in the first resurrection that happens at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that means they participate in the second resurrection. You say, well, this, where is that? That second half of verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Now in the same chapter 20, how are they coming back to life? Verse 13 says, the sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. What does that mean? That means that every person who is dead after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ will be resurrected, as John the Revelator said in verse 5 of chapter 20. They're resurrected for what purpose? Participating in the great white throne judgment. It says it right here. The sea gave up its dead. And death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Now, I want to go to another translation because I want us to make sure we understand that every human being has perfect continuity of life. What do I mean by that? When an individual experiences the first death, it's temporary. Only the second death is permanent. The second death is permanent. The first death is followed by resurrection. You say, well, what do you mean by that? For those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we are resurrected at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We transition from mortality to immortality, putting on a tangible, glorified, perfected peak performance body 100% free of DNA errors a forever body that will never ever experience death that cannot die just like the body that Jesus Christ inhabited when he rose from the dead those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life they are resurrected after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ after Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. Now, you might say, uh, and I want to go to the Amplified Classic Translation. You might say, well, uh, where are they? Where are they then, those who take the mark of the beast when they, when they die? Aren't they in hell? No. They're not in the fiery lake. Hell is a, uh, a big place. Let's talk about that. By the way, the best teaching I ever saw on hell and the various locations in hell was by Ian McCormick. If you ever get a chance to look that up, it is a fantastic teaching. It really goes through all the Bible scripture uh, about this. But I want to go to some key scriptures right now. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 20 in the Amplified Classic Translation says, And the seed delivered up the dead who were in it, death and Hades, 
The state of death or disembodied existence surrendered the dead in them. Death and Hades surrendered the dead in them. So what does that mean? For those who take the mark of the beast, and for that matter, any person who dies not in Christ, but right now we're focused on what does it mean for an individual to take the mark of the beast? When those individuals die, and they will surely die because they will, uh, they are in mortal bodies in the same way that we as believers are in mortal bodies. At some point they're going to die. Where do they go? They have perfect continuity of life as disembodied spirits. So their soul, their mind, will, and emotions stays intact. Their spirit stays intact. So instead of being three in one, which is God's perfect plan for all humanity instead of being three in one they're two in one but they go to a specific place as disembodied spirits it's hades so reading from the amplified classic translation then death and hades the state of death or disembodied existence were thrown into the lake of fire so in other words um let me go back up i'm going to say verse 13 and the sea delivered up the dead who were in it death and hades surrendered the dead in them so those who take the mark of the beast, when they die, and they surely will, we are in mortal bodies. Those who take the mark of the beast, when they die, they go to a temporary location, which is Hades. It's a prison of darkness. After the great white throne judgment, after the great white throne judgment is when we have what we're talking about here in the earth reaped prophecy where it says anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. And they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. So that happens, and it's described in Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. That happens after the great white throne judgment. It says, then death and Hades, the state of death, let me back up, and the sea delivered up the dead who were in it, death and Hades. The state of death or disembodied existence surrendered the dead in them, and all were tried in their cases determined by what they had done according to their motives, aims, and works. In other words, people who take the mark of the beast, when they die, they go to Hades, which is a temporary storage location. Temporary storage tank, it's a layover. You say a layover to what? It's a layover to Gehenna. Gehenna is the lake of fire described in Matthew and elsewhere in the Bible. Hades is the part under the earth which is has total absence of light, separation from God, total absence of light. It's a prison of darkness. It's a temporary location until the time for the second resurrection, which is the resurrection of the dead who whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they participate in this great white throne judgment described in the dead judged prophecy, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. And it says, Then death and Hades, when is then? 
This is at the time of the great white throne judgment. After it says all were tried. Who's all? All whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. All who are resurrected after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. All who were resurrected and uh, transported from Hades to the location where the great white throne judgment will happen. And it says, and all were tried and their cases determined by what they had done according to their motives, aims, and works. Then death and Hades, the state of death or disembodied existence were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Now here's the fate of those who take the mark of the beast. Verse 15 of chapter 20 says, and... If anyone's name was not found recorded in the book of life, he was hurled into the lake of fire. So this lake of fire, that is Gehenna. Now, typically when we're talking about hell, we're talking about Gehenna. What's Gehenna? Revelation 20, verse 10. Then the devil who had led them astray, deceiving and seducing them, was hurled into the fiery lake of burning brimstone where the beast and false prophet were and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever through the ages of the ages so the fiery lake of burning brimstone is Gehenna that's that part of hell Gehenna the fiery lake of burning brimstone let's look at Revelation 19 where we get to see the antichrist and false prophet when they experience the second death Verse 20 of chapter 19 says, And the beast was seized and overpowered, and with him the false prophet, who in his presence had worked wonders and performed miracles by which he led astray those who had accepted or permitted to be placed upon them the stamp mark of the beast, and those who paid homage and gave divine honors to his statue. Both of them were hurled alive into the fiery lake that burns and blazes with brimstone. So the Antichrist and false prophet, they are the first two of God's five enemies who experience the second death. The third is Satan. That happens a thousand years later. We're told in Revelation 20, verse 10, let's go to it one more time, that Satan joins them, but they've already been there. Verse 10 says, Then the devil who had led them astray, deceiving and seducing them, was hurled into the fiery lake of burning brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet were. So they've already been there a thousand years. Satan joins them a thousand years later. Now, those who take the mark of the beast, who are they joining? They're joining the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan. Now let's go to what we began with. Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 and 10. Whatever you do, make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you opt out of the economy of the New World Order, that you refuse the mark of the beast, which allows which will allow an individual to buy and sell in the economy of the New World Order say well why do i need to do that let's hear it again verses 9 and 10 of chapter 14 then a third angel followed them shouting 
anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. So this is talking about ultimately after dying from mortality. After being in Hades, a prison of darkness for at least a thousand years, after participating in the great white throne judgment, they will be found guilty. As the Bible said, God will win his cases. What cases? God has a case against every person who has sinned and who failed to go to mediation. Every human being has sinned. Sin's wage is death. Sin's wage is death. So whether, uh, you know, whether it's one sin, 118 sins, let's talk about Hitler, you know, a trillion sins or however many he has. Friend, don't be deceived. Whether it's one sin or the sins, the number of sins that Hitler has, one sin separates us from God. One sin has as its as as its wage, as its reward, as its payment, as its necessary consequence, death. For that reason, a person is subject to litigation from God. God has a case against every person. Now, when a person finds and follows God's plan for salvation. In other words, when a person repents and makes Jesus Christ Lord of his or her life, Jesus Christ becomes the individual's mediator. And when you go to mediation, you come to an agreement. Mediation in this case means that all of one's sin debt is considered paid in full. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient payment for your sin debt, for my sin debt, for the sin debt of every human being. Each person has the right to choose to go to mediation. In other words, to choose Jesus Christ or to reject the opportunity to go to mediation. But if you don't go to mediation, you are going to lose your case. If you don't go to mediation... You will lose your case, and every case is going to be settled. Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, at the great white throne judgment. Every case which failed to get settled prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, gets settled after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. All those cases are settled, and 100% of them are won by God. In other words... The evidence is presented by God. What's the evidence? Every person's book is opened. Their actions, aims, motives, deeds are recorded in those books. You might say, well, I have, you know, I have at least a thousand right things that I did. But do you have one wrong thing that you did? Now, listen, I'm not the judge of you or anyone. I have more than one wrong thing that I've done. I'm not boasting about that. I don't revel in it. I don't want to do wrong. But as Paul said, uh, he wants to do right, but the sin in him causes him to do wrong. That's why we need 
a savior, why we need Jesus Christ. We need our sin debt to be paid for. The wages of sin is death. Sin's wage is death. Now, when a person follows God's plan for salvation, repents of one's sins, in other words, says, you know what? I'm ashamed of these sins. I'm walking away from these sins. I'm turning my back on this way of living. I want to do right. When a person repents of one's sins, makes Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, and then shares his death by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, when you share his death, then you share in his resurrection. His death is payment that you and I owe because the wages of our sin is death. But since he died without having committed any sin, when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we share in his death. And therefore, he promises we'll share in his resurrection. So... Here's what it all means. In the earth reap prophecy, John the Revelator reveals that anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, in other words, anyone who participates in the economy of the new world order, in the economy of those nations that will dominate political and economic affairs, those nations will include Germany, as described in Revelation chapter 13, Daniel chapter 7. Those nations will include Germany and Great Britain and Russia, a ten-nation alliance. Anyone who takes the mark of the beast ultimately will die due to mortality will participate in the second resurrection at the appointed time, which is after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, after Satan has been destroyed and thrown into the lake of fire. That's the second death. All who take the mark of the beast, along with the others who failed to go to mediation, though along with the others who did not receive Jesus Christ. With the others who have sinned at, they will have their cases heard. And ultimately, as described here in Revelation 14, verse 10, they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. Verse 12 says, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Now, why does it have this verse here? During the great tribulation, during that 42 months noted in Revelation chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, the opportunity to take the mark of the beast is a finite opportunity. Okay, so the, I shouldn't say the opportunity, the requirement to take the mark of the beast for the purposes of buying and selling in the economy of the new world order, order that's 
happens during a specific period of time. It's limited to 42 months. During this 42 months, here's God's instruction. God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. You say, well, why do we have to endure persecution? In Revelation chapter 12 and in Revelation chapter 13, at the end of Revelation 12, we're told when Satan inspires a natural disaster for the purpose of taking Israel out using water, that's going to fail. When that happens, Satan becomes enraged. The Antichrist becomes enraged, and the war against Israel is enlarged to include God's holy people, in other words, believers in Jesus Christ. During this time, all of us, all of God's holy people, we are going to need to endure persecution patiently. Now, this persecution isn't going to be seven years. It is during Daniel's 70th week, which is a seven-year period. But the actual Great Tribulation, as described in uh, Revelation chapter 12 and in Revelation chapter 13, it's limited to 42 months. During this period, God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. Another thing, God's holy people, we do not belong to this world. So what does that mean? That means that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That means that we refuse the mark of the beast. We opt out. We say no. When I was a young child, there was a campaign. Nancy Reagan had a campaign, and the campaign was just say no. Nancy Reagan was the wife of uh, the then President of the United States, Ronald Reagan, and she had a campaign as part of her platform as First Lady, and that campaign was just say, no, I want to uh, bring that to our mind for those of us who are here during the time in the Great Tribulation. And I believe many of us, many of you hearing my voice uh, live or uh, perhaps from uh, the archive, we have to just say no. No to what? No to participation in the economy of the new world order. That means that we will not be permitted to buy and sell using the mark of the beast, which will go on either the right hand or on the forehead. Now, verse 13 says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed. They will rest from their hard work for their good deeds follow them. Now, many people who refuse the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation are going to live. How do we know that? Because we're told in First Thessalonians chapter 4 that those who are here and alive after the Great Tribulation that we transition from mortality to immortality in the blink of an eye. And we rise up second to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds with those who died in Christ. In other words, those who were in heaven who are returning to the earth to get their new glorified, perfected bodies to put that on. So if there are those who are here at the time of the second coming and who never, ever experienced the first death, that means... They, we, us, make it through the Great Tribulation. So not all believers will die during the Great Tribulation. Some will, 
But what if you do? What if you die during the Great Tribulation? It's not a big deal. Experiencing the first death for any person who is in Christ, so whether a person is 17, 27, 67, 87, truthfully, the first death is not a big deal in this sense. Every person who dies in Christ is coming back to this present earth in a tangible physical body. Now, when a loved one transitions to present heaven, it is painful for those of us who are here on the earth. But the Bible says the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth for those who die in Christ. Better for who? Better for the person who dies. In heaven, we're told, they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds follow them. Heaven is a place of rest. It's a place of rest. So it's nothing to fear. Of course, we never, ever want to lose a loved one. When Lazarus died, it says Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because he experienced the grief of death, the pain of it, the humiliation, the ugly, the ugliness of death. It is a horrible, ugly, humiliating thing. Praise God. All who are victorious, all whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will return. Return to what? Return to life in a tangible body on this present earth. So, friend, I hope that this time of discussion has been useful and meaningful for you. We are going to continue talking about the earth reaped prophecy on Sunday at 12 p.m. Texas time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll continue talking about the earth reaped prophecy every Thursday and every Sunday here on PGM Prophetic Grace Network. I invite you to send in any questions that you have or comments about the book of Revelation, using uh, send those in so that I may uh, receive them and follow up uh, on a future broadcast. You can use our PGN text number 1214-505-8719. That's 1214-505-8719. Simply say, uh, this question is for the book of Revelation. Research scientists and Prophet Randy Chandler will get that question uh or comment to me. So I want to thank you for being with me and with us today. And if you haven't done so already, I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33, 3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.